What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Hope you're doing well. It is Wednesday, September 12th. 2018. I almost thought it was Thursday or Friday or something in 2019. It's not. It's 2018. I'm Will Brinson. I am your host. This is CBS Sports' daily NFL podcast. We are through one week of the season. We had a bunch of great shows the first week leading up to the action. Had some great recaps. And now we're going to keep blitzing on through the week, getting you ready for week two. Um, TBD, excuse me, TBD on exactly what's going to happen this week, but I'll, I'll have some more information on a preview show. We'll have all picks and advice and all things that you need to know or something like that. You can follow me at Will Brinson on Twitter. You can follow the podcast at Pick6Pod. Each new pod is tweeted out via SoundCloud link when it's up. You can subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Friendly reviews are very welcome. Telling your friends are is very welcome. If you, you know, maybe somebody might be looking for a good NFL podcast. We're going to have fantasy advice, gambling advice, all kinds of stuff. We did our best bets last week. Uh, myself, Nick Costos, and P- uh, Pete Prisco went a combined 11 and 4. That's white hot. We're going to talk to RJ White. He was like 9, 3, and 2 last week on NFL bets, uh, on sportsline.com. You can check his stuff out there. I think you use, probably use promo code Will and still get it for a buck for the first month. Uh, if not, tweet me and I'll get you a promo code. Let's hit some news and then we'll go talk to Jason Lock and Four and break down some overreactions from week one. Um, Lots of injuries coming out of the first week of the season. Uh, there's Greg Olson, who refractured his foot and hopes to return later on this year. It's the same injury that kept Greg Olson out for nine weeks. That's the Panthers' tight end, of course. Uh, that is a big blow to the Carolina Panthers. Olson has been Cam Newton's steadiest weapon. I still think that North Turner is trying to build this offense around Christian McCaffrey. And Cam Newton ran a lot of option. Uh, the, the Panthers did in, uh, in that week one win over the Cowboys. The guy that you're going to see an uptick on in terms of uh, fantasy would be Devin Funchess. When Greg Olson got hurt last year, uh, Funchess was the guy who stepped in and got a ton of targets for, from Cam. So be on the lookout for Devin Funchess as a guy to pick up or a guy to play in DFS this coming week. The Panthers have the Falcons in Atlanta, and they've got some injury news too. Of course, Keanu Neal. One of their starting safeties was placed on injured reserve with a torn ACL, and now they've also placed linebacker Deion Jones on injured reserve. We hinted about that. We had a listener with some uh, some info out there. Um, you know, they expect him back this year. If you if you if you listen to the birds, sounds like not that the actual Falcons, but the, the Tweety Birds, the uh, the birds chirping, sounds like it might be about Thanksgiving. Um, you know, this is another huge blow, man. Because look, the the Falcons defense. And I'm not a witch or a wizard or Thor or Thanos or anything like that. I mean, I didn't, I didn't try and curse the Falcons. Um, this is a foot injury, by the way, that's going to require, I think, putting a rod in the foot. That's a nightmare for Deion Jones. But now you have a defense that I believe was going to come together. Bunch of youthful guys playing well. And two of the big pieces were Keanu Neal and Deion Jones that Dan Quinn had brought in there. And now the Falcons. The Falcons are now going to have to rely on their offense to win them football games. The defense is not going to bail them out, and therefore it is incumbent on Steve Sarkeesian to figure out what he's going to do in the red zone. If he doesn't figure it out, the Falcons are going to struggle in the NFC race. And the NFC race, by the way, is really interesting now because I don't think the Panthers look dynamic. The Falcons are banged up. The Saints just lost at home to the Buccaneers, and the defense looked like absolute dog mess. Um, you know, there's... 
It's interesting, right? Like, that's interesting because it's possible only one of the NFC South teams goes to the playoffs. And if that's the case, it opens things up for teams like Seattle or a team like Chicago or uh, perhaps even a team like Washington. Maybe the Giants. Who knows? I mean, just I think the NFC, we blindly assumed the NFC was going to be loaded from one through seven. And now we're seeing a little bit of regression. Aaron Rodgers banged up as well. Just just worth noting. It's a storyline that's worth keeping an eye on as we move forward. By the way, Mitchell Trubisky, a fun story from Sean Wagner-McGuff, who's on Sunday's show. Uh, did he miss a wide open touchdown? Did he? He did not. But it's uh, it's interesting that, that Trey Burton was like waving his hands in the end zone. Uh, Martavis Bryant. You know the, the, the Abe Simpson gif where he walks in the room and puts his hat on the rack and then walks right back out? Really, it's, you know, it happens in the show, too. Uh, Martavis Bryant is back with the Raiders. The uh, the Oakland Raiders. No, I, I can't make this up if I tried. The Oakland Raiders uh, are bringing back Martavis Bryant on a one-year contract. NFL fans will recall that, that just several months ago, the Raiders uh, traded for Martavis Bryant, gave him the 79th pick for him, and then cut him under the uh, belief that he was facing a one-year suspension or potentially even more. And, uh, and now they're bringing him back after losing to the, the, the Rams on Monday Night Football. That's, that's, that's what's going to fix it. Uh, two notable uh, pieces of not fun news, but, uh, but news out there. Um, oh yeah, uh, the Patriots signed Corey Coleman. So that's exciting. Always exciting when that, when that happened. Um, the Jets, uh, we talked about this, the Jets say that they knew the, the Lions offensive signals and not a great start, of course, for, uh, for, for Matt Patricia there. But Miles Garrett should not have been flagged on a Big Ben sack when he, or when he hit Big Ben and the decision cost the Browns seven points because the, the, the James Conner scored from four yards out, uh, on the next play. The NFL admitted, uh, Al Riveron admitted to Tom Pellicero of NFL.com that he should not, that Miles Garrett should not have been flagged. The Browns could have won that game. Spoiler alert, they would have found a way to lose it anyway. Le'Veon Bell off of the Steelers depth chart officially, which is just kind of hilarious. If you go to Steelers.com, or I guess, uh, I guess there's a 247 Sports has done a gallery of the Steelers depth chart. Just do one page, really. Um, but you go to Steelers.com and, and, uh, and, and they, you know, they're not going to see, uh, not going to see Le'Veon Bell there. It's going to be, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's James Conner. Le'Veon Bell is, uh, is, is no moss on the, uh, on the old depth chart. I'm going to confirm that just so I don't feel like an idiot in case it's not the case. Uh, James Conner one, Jalen Samuels two, Steven Ridley three. They removed it from the depth chart. You tweet a monocle, we take you off the depth chart. That's how it works around here in Pittsburgh, Le'Veon. Take that. Um, and that's the news. You know what you could do? Uh, I was doing, I, I postponed putting this podcast together, the, at least the, the news part of it, because I was up watching quarterbacks for my weekly quarterback ranking series, and I was watching those quarterbacks on NFL Game Pass. You too can watch all the games, all 22, condensed, all 22 of the coaches film, of course, you see the eye in the sky, um, broadcast versions, I think they have radio if you just want to listen to radio calls. All those things are available, and you can get a seven-day free trial. Might I suggest you not use Actually, maybe go use it on a Thursday, or you can use it today if you want. NFL.com backslash pick six. Go there. Sign up for a seven-day free trial. I cannot recommend Game Pass enough. It is the lifeblood of, of what we do in terms of writing about the NFL, covering the NFL, and being able to go back and watch 
film and tape and, and see what guys were doing what and to, you know, you could check. I mean, even like doing news stories, you can go back and check the penalties and stuff like that. I mean, it, it is really an invaluable tool. I use it more than anything else over the course of a season and I highly recommend that you get it. NFL.com. I mean, like, like you don't write about football for a living, but you like football. If you listen to a daily football podcast, certainly you would like to be able to watch all the football games. Um, and you can squeeze in, like maybe you missed, uh, I think, don't tell anybody, I think that you can now, they're, they're lax enough, or like if you have a 1 o'clock, if you, if you watch the 1 o'clock games, but you missed a 1 o'clock game, you don't love something in the 4 o'clock game, you can usually fire up something in the 4 o'clock window and watch a one or replay the 1 o'clock game. So that's exciting. You see how your fantasy players did. NFL.com backslash pick six for a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. Go check it out, and we're going to go talk to Jason Lacanfora. All right, week one is in the books officially, finally. It is Wednesday morning's podcast, so we're full 24 hours removed from everything that we saw. And Jason Lockenfora going to join me for some overreactions. I love overreactions, Jason, um, but only like in a, in a self-aware way. Like I like overre- yeah. knee-jerk reacting to week one, um, but also understanding that, that there's going to be a market correction in week two. Yeah, or at least in in some of these coming weeks for some of these teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think uh, you don't think Ryan any Fitt- of these teams will be this good or this bad, right? The extremes, the whole regress to the mean thing. I'm sure we'll get some of that, but you know, in some cases, uh, it just might not be certain people's year. Also, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, who? I'll let you, I'll let you go ahead. I was going to ask you if you think Ryan Fitzpatrick can, can average, in fact, 14.8 yards per attempt over the course of the season. Uh, but, but you seem to hint at somebody or some bodies in particular whose year it might not be. Anybody, uh, strike your fancy from the week one? The biggest surprise to me week one, uh, outside of the obvious, you just hinted at the obvious, right? I mean, yeah. that was a nine and a half or 10 point spread. Yeah. And the underdog covered easily. So I think that surprised the world. Almost so covered, we'll, we'll, almost covered the other way. Like they, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure there's a term for that. I, I don't know it, but yeah, the, the the double bubble cover or whatever. I I don't know. Um, I thought Arizona. Uh, not that I thought that they were good. Thought they'd be middling. Mm-hmm. They look like a disaster. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know how good Washington is. They certainly look like world beaters on Sunday. I'm still a bit of a skin skeptic, but I, you know, I, look, I thought Arizona and Seattle would be battling for last place in that division. And I think it's, it's Arizona who is in last place because Seattle has a quarterback, but that, that had to be troubling for them on a lot of levels when Adrian Peterson just got there a couple of weeks ago, you know, looked like he was done and was a factory reject a year ago. And he comes out and runs all over him. Thompson runs all over him. They can't, they can't get between, you know, an Alex Smith pass and anybody. Um, okay. (laughs) They, 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 you know, they're paying three quarterbacks. Uh, two of them can't play. We'll eventually find out about one of them, but, that that had to be, I think, fairly alarming for a home opener, and they're usually at least a pretty good team at home, you know, and a new regime there, and the GM's back from his DUI suspension, and a new head coach, and I don't know. 
that one that 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 they they laid a particularly big turd. You know, Dallas thinks, <laughs> but Dallas doesn't have an offense, yeah, so that like yeah. didn't. You know what I mean? That doesn't surprise me. Buffalo got blown out, but Buffalo's the worst team in football. Buffalo will struggle to win three games. Buffalo might go nine, ten weeks before they win a game. Um, I was circling week seven against the Colts, but the Colts actually, with Andrew Luck, um, they're going to lose a lot of games, but they'll they'll lose them in a more interesting fashion than we've seen them lose the last few years. So that that really stuck out to me. That that one. Um, well, I'll tell I'd have some that that I'd have some red flags raised, and obviously they're going to go to Josh Rosen at some point. Probably not super quick because they are paying Bradford twenty million bucks. But I don't I don't think he's going to come in and do what Sam Darnold did. So we'll we'll see. Uh, their upcoming schedule for the Arizona Cardinals, and when you looked at their schedule before the season, because they're backloaded with the Chargers, Packers. Um, Falcons, Chiefs after the bye. They needed to win some games early. Yeah. They get the Rams in week two, the Bears on the road. That's, they're going to get blown out by the Rams. I, I mean, I, you know, the late Monday night game, Sean and I talked about it on yesterday's pod, but I think that the Rams showed that they are, they are who we thought they were. Like they're just going to be good. Yeah. They, they don't have an edge yeah. rusher, but they should, the Rams should take care of business against middling teams and, and the Cardinals look like a middling team. Um, then they get the Bears and Seahawks at home for two games. Then they're at San Francisco, at Minnesota, versus Denver and versus San Francisco going into their bye. I don't think San Francisco will curb stomp them in both games, but Minnesota and Denver with those defenses against the, the that offense yeah. for the Cardinals, they're going to be in trouble. That's the biggest concern for me is that the the I I, I think that the Cardinals and I don't want to bury Steve Wilkes one game into his tenure, but man, it looks like they have a serious downgrade at the at the coaching position in terms of what Bruce Arians always had that team prepared to do. Yeah, I mean it's a lot of new faces, a lot of adjustments, a very unusual off season, and I just I don't know. I just got a bad feeling about that team. And again, I didn't have a great one going in, but I thought they'd you know, I thought they could whatever win seven games, eight games, something like that. If everything fell their way, they they, they didn't look like a team capable of that week one, and and maybe that looks like an anomaly, but maybe not. All right, overreaction, uh, Patrick Mahomes, MVP candidate. Ha! I'm still not going there. And I <laughs> look, I love Mahomes. Wrote about him before he was drafted quite a bit. Um, urge teams to go and trade up for him because they would regret it if they wouldn't and totally on board with what the chiefs did with their trade um, of Alex Smith to clear the way for him. Love all that. Love Patrick Mahomes, but I, I don't, I don't know about MVP candidate. I, I still believe he's going to have his weeks where he looks like a rookie. I think he'll throw, you know, a fair amount of picks and I don't think Andy Reid for the first time in a long time even really minds it because he's, He's sort of figuring out where the boundaries are with this kid. And clearly he's opened things up for him, and, and he wants him to be a gunslinger. Um, I, I just don't think the Chiefs – I mean, the MVP candidate, you got to be on a pretty good team. I know they beat the Chargers, and you and I both like the Chargers, um, but they also gave up like 500 yards. And against a, a, a better coach team that doesn't shoot itself in the ass, mm. they probably don't win that team that game but they were playing the chargers and the chargers chargered on special teams and the chargers chargered with drop passes and the chargers (laughs) chargered with you know one of those rivers picks where you're like oh god you can't afford that in this game and you know that's that ends up being the case but but 
he's the real deal. And I mean, the stunning thing to me about that game was he throws four touchdowns. He's very efficient. There's all these ooh and ah moments. And like Kelsey didn't play. I mean, like he played, mm-hmm. but you know what I mean? I think he had like one catch for six yards. And like, you know, it wasn't the dominant outing from the running back, yet they still dominated offensively. That that posed pretty well for them when you think about weeks where the tight end is more involved and, and whatever else. So um, there's a lot to like there. I, I don't think MVP candidate, though. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly early, and that's, that's the beauty of the week one every reaction. I think you're right there. I mean, like Andy Reid sort of kept everything in the garage. Like he, he went out, he um – he went and, uh, you know, he went and had some, some Patrick Mahomes had some big moments, but mostly focused on Tyreek Hill. They didn't, they didn't use Kelsey. They didn't use Sammy Watkins. They didn't use Kareem Hunt very much. They, they felt pretty like, it was like, all right, we got some points here. The Chargers are going to do some stupid stuff and make a run late, but we're going to be conservative in the second half. And I'm not going to show too much outside of some jet sweep flips. I, I just think with what Mahomes can do in terms of stretching the field and being aggressive, that this offense could put up 30 to you know, 35 to 40 points a game on a fairly regular basis. I know that the over under for the Steelers and the Chiefs game, and I pointed this out on, uh, on, on Monday's pod was, uh, or Tuesday's pod, excuse me, maybe Monday's too, opened at 51 and a half. That's too low. Yeah, probably. Where is that? Is that, that game's in KC? No, it's in Pittsburgh. Weather, weather, weather should be fine by Sunday. Okay. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know what, how far the storm was supposed to sweep. That's why I was sort of wondering. Let me ask you this. Speaking of overreactions, the Pittsburgh Steelers overreaction, the Pittsburgh Steelers might be the third best team in the AFC North. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not, uh, I'm not going to say that yet. Um, they don't look good. They don't, they didn't look good. Like they don't. No, they didn't look good against the Browns week one last year though. And, and mm. I, I didn't think they were going to look good in this game. No, you know, they got the Le'Veon Bell thing going on. You've got the locker room blowing up. You've got, you know, the Browns who are not horrible anymore. You, you've got them on the road against a team with nothing to lose that has improved and, and, uh, and then you had the issue of the weather. And they played down the level. Every year we, we go back and look at three games, right? Where the, where the Steelers just didn't show up. And you say, man, if they'd showed up for two of those three, they'd probably be hosting the AFC championship, but they gave two or three away. And who doesn't do that? Bill Belichick doesn't do that, mm-hmm. right? So that's why the, that's why the AFC championship game is always in Foxborough and not in Pittsburgh. Um, so no, I'm, I'm not going to go crazy over that one because I, I didn't think I, I didn't think they were covering, and I wasn't sure they were winning, especially when you started looking at the weather forecast. Um, I mean, and, and I do think that the, the 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 conditions had something to do with that, you know, overwhelming number of of turnovers that the Steelers managed to cough up. But they still didn't technically lose. I'm not going to go crazy about Baltimore. Everybody's going to look like a Super Bowl champion against Buffalo this year. And the Bengals actually deserve to lose that game. The Bengals, to me, were the second most disappointing. Like, I talked about Arizona. The Bengals, to me, were the other team where I was like, hmm, really? You were disappointed okay. in the Bengals, or you were impressed by the Bengals? Yeah, I, no. I, I think, I mean, I, I watched that game fairly closely because I, I planned to write about Andrew Luck. The Bengals really had no business winning that game. They got lucky to win that game. Andrew Luck was driving. I mean, he pretty much almost had him at game-winning field goal range when uh, Doyle coughed that ball up. They they really had no answers for Andrew Luck. Andy Dalton was under. I didn't I didn't I didn't think the Colts had a pass rush, and I still don't. But 
Hunt and some of these guys were all over Andy Dalton. They were collapsing the pocket from the inside. I'm not sure the Bengals' offensive line is that much better. Dalton still had two or three throws where you're like, what the hell is he doing? Um, you know, Mixon flashed a little bit. And then defensively, the Bengals are dead set on like three or four personal fouls a week. Like they're, they, <laughs> I, I, you know, it's almost like they have a mission. Like, let's see exactly how many guys could we get ejected in one game? You know, what, what's the record for that? I have concerns. Um, now maybe they go and spank the Ravens on Thursday because they usually the Ravens in Cincinnati usually stink. Flacco in Cincinnati is pretty much always horrible, mm. and the Bengals kind of have their number. But I'm just saying the Colts are not a very good football team, and Andrew Luck threw a pick on his first pass, and then pretty much carved them up for the next three quarters. But you know the the, the Colts did a couple stupid things, and the Bengals took that turnover to the house at the end to make it look like a. Uh, a bigger win than it was. But I thought that was a game where the Bengals had a chance to – I thought that that game had a chance to look like the, the Ravens' Bills score, and it was anything but that. I, that's interesting that you point that out because I I um, I was watching – I had the Bengals plus three in the Super Contest. And, um, and by the way, I forgot to get your satanic lock of the week last week, and I apologize for that. Um, it would have been it would have been Bills. I, my best bets went three and zero. It would have it would have been uh, Ravens minus Ravens, seven. Ravens over the Bills. I, the three I liked were Ravens Bills. I liked the Bengals with the points, and um, I shouldn't say I liked. I loved all those, and I love the Rams stomping on Gruden's debut. That game, that game, the, the Raiders could have. We'll get. To, we can talk about that in a second. But nice job by you. Is that you? That might be your first. I feel like you're. I feel like. Every year you're writing a week two column. It's like, okay, that wasn't the start we were looking for. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was, yeah. I mean, and all those were fairly comfortable. Um, the least comfortable was actually the Bengals because again, the Colts were, I mean, I, I'm watching that game and having seen the whole tenor of it, I'm like, Luck's going to win this game in the two minute drill. And if they don't cough it up, he does. Yeah. I really think he does. Yeah. And, and like, the Bengals were losing for that most of that game. Like they were, they, yeah. they were down by double digits in that game, and it, I I had kind of given up on it, so I wasn't really watching their comeback. Was it mostly involved in the the fact that the Colts are just too thin on defense? And yeah, on, I mean they don't have anything on defense. I mean they and and they you know at times they did bottle up the Bengals, but they hit. You know, AJ had dropped a few balls earlier. They hit a big play to AJ. I mean, the two biggest plays they made they made a, a, a big pass to AJ, and then the interception return. I mean, the, the fumble return for a touchdown. I mean, that was, you know, ultimately the difference in the game. But I mean, again, the Colts didn't have their best running back. You know what I mean? The Colts left tackle didn't didn't practice the whole preseason. Um, you know, it's they, they had a lot of moving parts over there. A lot of guys who, you know, were, were like they were already in stopgap mode, and they were honestly the better team for most of that game. And again, I the Bengals were not all over Andrew Luck like I thought they would, and the Colts were had much more effectiveness at moving Andy Dalton around and rattling him than I thought they would because mm. they really are bereft of pass rush. So, excuse me. So, how do you think the Colts? How does this play out for the Colts? Are they? Uh, are they? I mean, are they just sort of a team? A team? A team that's the team that is being built back up and can kind of is going to mess with somebody's season, but probably won't get involved in the yeah. AFC race or the AFC North or the AFC South. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think some of their interdivision games will be interesting because, I, again, I, I don't think that that division is gangbusters. Um, I have a lot of concerns about Houston right now. Mm-hmm. Um, look, Tom Brady did not look like Tom Brady for the first eight to ten weeks when he came back from an ACL. And that was when he was already established as, you know, some people might have said Peyton was still better than whatever. One of the top three quarterbacks on the planet Um, and an established guy and and already Tom Brady. This is different. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, Tom. Yeah. Tom friggin Brady. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. So this is, this is a little different. I mean, a kid who seemed to be unstoppable for six weeks, but who is raw and they are changing the offense some and he clearly is, is pensive and passive and doesn't trust that knee. And that's all perfect. That's, that's what it looks like when you come back from this thing, but the offensive line, not great. And then they get some injuries and you know, the run game eh. and we'll see, you know, we'll see. I, I, and even on the other side, merciless didn't notice him at all. JJ Watt didn't notice him in the first half. Made some plays in the second half, but he still looks different to me. He doesn't look like, you know, fluid and as agile. He looks more stiff. He looks more cumbersome. Um, you know, all he's been through, we'll see. I, I don't, like, there'll be a good team. I don't think they'll be great. I don't think anybody in that division will be great. I think Jacksonville mm. will still win it because of the defense. But, yeah, could the Colts knock off a couple of those teams? Yeah. You know, could the Colts beat some of the other teams in the underbelly? Yeah, but I don't. I don't think they're. I don't think they can stop anybody. I, I just think you know, whatever. Maybe if they play, you know, if they were to play the Bengals again two months from now, the, the Bengals would wipe the floor with them like I thought they might have. But um, I, I think larger sample size, some of the, the Colts' issues will be uh, magnified. But I also think you know, it's the same old story. Andrew Luck will keep them in a lot of games that they probably otherwise shouldn't be in. All right. What about um, what about what about what about this idea that um, with the that the ja- all right, on the other side of the Jaguars game, there's a little overreaction. I don't want to. I'm hesitant to say it because I don't know just how well he's doing from a physical standpoint. But Dave Gettleman should be fired right now for taking Saquon Barkley over Sam Darnold. Is that an overreaction? Uh yeah, I don't think he should be fired right now, but I think he'll and if be he's and if he's not doing well, second then... guest for that right. forever. And look, they were never in the quarterback market. I said through the whole offseason, I don't understand this. I don't agree with this. I would not run my franchise this way. But it's pretty clear from ownership standpoint on down, they're not taking a quarterback. This is all about propping up Eli. This is about selling tickets right now. This is about trying to be as competitive for week one, 2018 as possible rather than week 12, week 12 of 2019 and week five of 2020 or whatever. It's clear that this is all about in the now. Should it be when you're given this opportunity to draft where they are? No, no, it shouldn't be. I don't care how good you think Barkley is. There'll be four other running backs in this draft who are still pretty darn good. Maybe they're not him. Maybe some of them are better than him. I, I don't know, but I personally, no, I'm not taking a running back there. No way. You know, we'll see. I mean, Barkley got his 100 yards week one. Most of them came on, you know, one play. But Eli still looked like Eli. I mean, not good. Not good. Even the 11 catches Odell had, how many were really in stride where he could maximize yards after the catch 
And I mean, he was running free, and Eli still couldn't find him. And he didn't. And Eli was below 500 passer throwing to everybody else. You know, he was below 50 percent throwing to everybody else. 11 15, 11 of 15 to Odell, and I think like 12 of 27 to everybody else. I Whoa. Mean, that's a good stat. That's that's not. It's, it's a good stat for like for thinking about the Giants' offense. It's a bad stat for thinking about uh, Eli Manning. And then like now, look, they, they played the best defense in the league, arguably one of them. Yeah. So I'm not going to go crazy, but like Barkley's going to have to be a transformational player for that pick to ultimately look good over time. And and in reality, they're probably going to have to win in the next two years, you know, at least make a long playoff run to justify mm-hmm. passing on all those quarterbacks because some of them are going to be pretty good. I mean, they're having to crack at everybody other than Baker Mayfield. So, okay. I, right. I mean, like, that's the thing is it, it, Saquon Barkley had 100 yards rushing, but he, it was m- almost all of it came on a 68-yard touchdown run, which he, he looked incredible on the touchdown run. But if he if he's running nine times for 38 yards on the other, on the rest of the carries or ten times for 38 yards or whatever it is, I mean that's not going to cut it, and that's not going to be enough offensively to get things done. Where does where he's got to be a difference maker in the passing game too? Right, right, right. Where's your where's your head out in the NFC East now? Having seen, I mean, to me it's to me the Cowboys are. And look again. This is a knee-jerk week one overreaction. The Cowboys will probably t- manhandle the Giants or something. But I think the Cowboys, the Cowboys are the worst team in the division by far for me. The Giants have enough upside on offense that I I, I could see them still messing around in the division, and we'll have to see how they look against somebody other than Jacksonville. I, I really liked what the Redskins did. I know it's against the Cardinals, but it was on the road out on the you know in a different. No, league. I did too. I was I was. Uh... I was surprised. I did not think that game would go that way. I mean, I, I, I didn't look. I didn't think the Cardinals would blow them out, but I, I, I didn't think the Wash. I didn't think the Washington Redskins would pitch a shutout for, you know, three plus quarters. Yeah, I didn't. And do it with relative. And do it with relative ease. Um, you know, and I'm I'm by no means a Sam Bradford guy, but I didn't think he'd get shut out, and and he basically was for the meaningful portion. Of that football game. I mean, Alex Smith is going to be good. I, I didn't think they'd run the ball that well. And I don't know that over a large sample size against better teams, they do. I really don't think Adrian Peterson's the answer, but maybe I'm wrong. But Thompson is certainly a guy who can make things happen um, and, and catch some balls and do some things. I don't know against good teams that they're going to have enough pass rush. I don't know that they can win on the edge. Um, I, I have some issues about with them on defense, but none, none of it manifested itself week one. That's for darn sure. Well, and the Redskins also, by the way, are going to uh, get the Colts at home. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Colts at home in week two. They should, they're five and a half point favorite there, which is a surprisingly low. I know that Andrew Luck hung around against Cincinnati, but I would, I would like the Redskins in that spot considering how they played and how they looked. If they can, if they can do the same thing worth noting, they could be, Weather could be a little dicey, yeah. uh, up in up in DC for sure there. But I almost think the dicey weather benefits the Redskins instead of the Colts. Probably, um, yeah. I mean, you got a dome team and uh, a team that's, you know, oh, we'll see if Marlon Mack plays or not. But but a team that doesn't run the ball that well, yeah. I'm holding a ticket for Andrew Luck to lead the league in passing yards at thirty three to one. I'm feeling pretty good about that. 
Yeah, that's not that's not a bad bet at all. That that's that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, I mean he closed it. He closed it like twelve to one because it was obvious they don't have a running game or a defense. Uh, Redskins didn't get the Packers at home at the Saints, and then the Panthers at home. I don't know that that schedule all of a sudden. This is this is how it's interesting, Jason. No, the first two weeks when I looked at their schedule, I'm like they better make some hay early because sure. then they've got a stretch of games there where life could get difficult real quick. Um, We'll see. Look, if, if, if the Alabama kids in their front seven can all stay healthy and hold up and be who they were drafted to be, then I think they're, they're going to be infinitely better against the run. And, and, you know, that'll obviously help the pass rush too. But, you know, that's, that's a, that's an if. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll see. Well, I mean, and, but again, just noting, so like they have a really early buy, which I think is a bad thing for a team that's yeah. been banged up a lot. But if you can, if you beat the Colts at home in week two, you're getting the Packers. Like this is what I mean about the schedule. So this is, this looked like a brutal Redskins schedule to start the season, but suddenly they've got a, like, uh, they've got two weeks to prepare for the Saints on Monday night football in New Orleans. That's a tough game, but you know, you can go down there and, and make some noise. And then you get the Panthers and Cowboys in week six and seven at home. Those look like very winnable games based on how Dallas and, and Carolina looked in week one. Then you're at the Giants. The Falcons are banged Ooh. up at the Buccaneers. Uh, you're, 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 you're much, you're much bigger on the skins than I am. I had them winning I, these. I don't like, I mean, I know what happened to the Saints week one, but I don't, I don't think they beat the Saints. Oh, I no, don't no, no, no. I don't beat the Panthers. Wow. Um, really? I, if Andrew Luck, I mean, Andrew Luck, if Aaron Rodgers is at least playing that game on one leg, I don't think they beat the Packers. Is all right. Over here, I got another reaction for you. Is is uh, Aaron Rodgers the greatest quarterback of all time? <laughs> <laughs> you these come very naturally to you. Yeah, I, I, do, I do. I, I'm doing these you, on you. This you have a bit of a talent for this. I'm doing them on uh, the fly. Just I mean for the record. <laughs> no, he's 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 not the greatest quarterback who ever lived. He's the greatest quarterback right now. Um, I think he's better than Brady because Brady's 42 freaking years old, um, and Aaron's more mobile. Uh, what he did the other night was, um, was special. I, I don't know that it should shock any of us just because it's him. I mean, anytime you, you see it, you're in the moment, you're like, this is ridiculous. And it was, but you know, that's, that's who this guy is. He's John Wayne. Um, he hasn't had much around him. I think he's been undercoached and underutilized, um, for a good part of, of his career. And he covers up a whole lot of warts and has for a long time. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. Time will tell if he gets that a second ring or, or anything beyond that. But, you know, he could retire tomorrow, in my estimation. And, and he's an immediate, obvious first ballot Hall of Famer. He's, he's in the conversation and you're, I don't know top six quarterbacks all time. I mean, I, I think you could, you could start having that. Put him in that discussion. I, I personally don't know that if if you're doing that sort of ranking, that I could I could put him above Brady. No, no, you can't. I don't I, think I could. You, some might make the argument that it, you know it, it's a rational argument, and I, I don't. I, I wouldn't fight that. I personally wouldn't go that route. Um, but yeah, I mean, to me, he's up there with Manning and you know Elway. Montana, Marino, whoever else you want to put in there. And I know obviously Brady, who we already mentioned. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Unitas. But, uh, I, let's see, you know, he knows. <laughs> I think we all know how these guys ultimately, when it's all said and done, how we separate them, right? And how they're remembered by the sort of 
not just the hardcore football fans, but by just American sporting fans in general, it's the hardware. Yeah, and the reality is that Tom Brady has uh, five rings and Aaron Rodgers. In fact, I think, I think you could make a case that Aaron Rodgers, because he is so talented and because he's so capable of doing what he does, might even be the, one of the more disappointing quarterbacks of all time if, if he retires with just one Super Bowl. Like if, if you told me that you get a deck, if you tell, I mean, if you tell me that the Packers get 25 years of Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers and come away with two Super Bowls, I don't know. You can make a case. That whole, in its totality, yeah. I mean, if they get, if they only get one with Aaron Rodgers, it tells me that they failed him, not that he failed them. Yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? That's it right. tells me that they're not, you know, Ted Thompson, you know, and, and, like, I already think, Polian, I mean, that, that to only win one with Peyton, is bad. I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I think that's lackluster. No, I, I mean, and, I and if they go, if they only win one with Aaron Rodgers for 20 years, I mean, if he plays till he's 40 or whatever. Now, I know the first, whatever, of those, if he ends up playing 18, 20 years, obviously he sat for three, but still, yeah, you, you should, you should, yeah, you should be going to the well more than once with that guy. All right, I got one more for you. Uh, we're going to dip back into the Monday night games just because I, I found it really interesting how those games played out. Who's, who's, who should feel worse about their situation? I guess the, the answer is probably obvious because one guy has a 10 year contract, the other guy doesn't, but who should, <laughs> who should feel worse about their situation? Matt Patricia or John Gruden? They're both in trouble. I mean, uh, worse, they're both going to struggle to win six games and that has, and that, and that's not, me, that is not me. If we would have had this conversation 30 minutes before kickoff of the first game last night, I would have told you the exact same thing. I don't think either team can stop anybody. Um, I don't know about either team really being able to run the football consistently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think both those fan bases are in for a rude awakening. Of the teams I saw, you know, going around making my preseason tours, like, when I le- I went from the Bills and I went to the Lions, like just because that's the way I was driving, and I remember leaving both those plays saying these teams are not good. Like I don't I don't think these teams are going to be remotely competitive. I mean the Bills I've been pretty much feeling are the first overall pick. I don't think the Lions are that bad. There'll be some weeks where Stafford throws five touchdowns and you know they they win some games, but uh, I mean Ons is never on the field. Nobody else there can rush the passer. You know, the secondary to me is still a significant area of concern. Um, I think the linebackers are better. I think they're certainly faster and speedier, but I don't know about Matt Patricia as a head coach. You know, I don't know that. I just, uh, I just came out of there thinking they, that it was a little smoke and mirrors. Like, uh, I don't think this team's going to be ready for the prime time this, this year. Not saying they're doomed or, you know, damned forever, but I didn't think that was a good team. I thought they'd lose to the Jets outright. I didn't, I didn't think they'd get absolutely embarrassed. I didn't think they'd get their pants down taken to the woodshed, but I thought the Jets would beat them. I thought, you know, did you the pick Jets the Jets to win? Points up them. I believe I did. Let me tell you. I know Ryan Wilson did. I'll double check that right now. I think I may. I mean, I thought I took, I thought you I did. took the Jets you straight did. up in against the spread. Yeah, you did. Good work. Yeah, that, that, 
I think the Jets are one of the – I don't know what their over winning total, over-under win total was. Oh, actually, no. Coming you know, into this season. You know what? We should revisit this, and I, and I linked to it in my takeaways last night because – I remember talking to you when I left Richmond and saying the Jets – like, the Jets are going to win eight games. Wow. You, you called them – you basically I – wrote, I wrote a story about it because I have to write a story about every one of these podcasts, but you called them – more or less an AFC wild card sleeper and I possible. I, yeah, yeah. I don't think nine and seven will get you in, I think. Yeah. The more I look at teams AFC schedules and the more I look at, you know, the the I'll use the word middling again, middling teams that are gonna be in contention for the especially the second wild card spot. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't rule it out at all. I mean, they can't afford injuries to the offensive line because they're just not deep there. I think they're good enough if they can, you know, Crazy glue those five guys together for most of the year, but they're going to run. They're going to run the ball okay with Bates' offense. Um, I, I like you know the top two backs for what they asked them to do. I think are fine. The tight ends are better than people think. The wide receiver group. I, I mean, one through five for me. My, <laughs> it's up there. Like I think it's real legit. And when, like we said when I talked, they got three of the forty-five best quarterbacks on the planet, and they're going to flip one for a pretty good asset down the road, which they did. Defensively, they have no edge rush. They know that. I think they can scheme up enough to keep themselves viable. And the secondary has a chance to be really good, and I like the young active linebackers. So, yeah, they're, they're de- like, they are a competent, decent NFL football team. But it, I just felt like all summer long people are acting like they're going to go like 4-12 and 12 or something, and I'm like, no, I'm much more concerned about the Bills and the Dolphins. You know, I'm not. I'm not concerned about the Jets. I don't know what to make of that Dolphins game. Like, if you had, like, I don't even know how to evaluate it. You know, seven, it so seven and a half hours. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's almost like to me that game. I don't even know if that game counts. Right. You know, um, I mean, it obviously counts in the standings, but I mean, I didn't think the Titans were very good, and now they don't even have players left, so like, they're not going to be good. Right. Um, and I, I wonder about that coaching staff and that transition, but I don't know what I don't know what to make of the Dolphins just because it was like they played three games in one day, and the Dolphins won all three of them, but they were all weird. Uh, the Jet, by the way, the Jets schedule they if you want to, they're over under six and a half wins. I mean, you look at what they've got coming up. They're, they got the Dolphins at home at the Browns in week three on Thursday night. So it's yeah. a short week. That's tough. Then they at least get 10 days to go at Jacksonville. That's probably a loss, but they played Jacksonville well last year and beat them. In fact, um, then they get the Broncos, Colts and Vikings at home, Bears, Dolphins on the road and Bills at home before a week 11 bye. Like they can stack some wins there and, and put themselves in the race. And, um, and they by- were in the playoff hunt when McCallum got hurt last year. Oh, I almost wow. feel like it just. Nobody remembers it happened because the bottom fell out when Josh got hurt. But, like, they beat three AFC playoff teams. They had three other games against playoff teams that were were decided by one score or less. Like, they weren't... They weren't a total train wreck. What's uh, what's your Nespresso drink of choice this morning, Jason? You know, I just grab whatever, bro. <laughs> if you knew that sound, huh? Yeah, I, try, I actually... This is my first of the day, and this is late for me for my first of the day, but I was like... It's fine. I, was... I didn't have chance. I didn't have a chance to do it before the, taking the kids to school, and then I had to do Kornheiser's podcast and another radio thing, and then I take the dog for a walk. So I was like, I'm going to lay down, maybe sleep for 30 minutes. Brinson will call when we do this podcast. And then I'll go to the caffeine because I wanted that thirty-minute nap, like from nine to nine thirty. Yeah, well, and I um, got it. 
I got it. So. Perfect. Uh, all right, I got, I got one more, I got one more question. I'll be, and we'll be done. I know we're running a little bit longer than we planned. Um, no, that's all good. Uh, <laughs> I like, I do, I do love that, like, this podcast constantly has, like, like random crap happening in the background. Like I was talking to, uh, I was talking to Brady Quinn for, for uh, Tuesday's show and my dog is like jingling along in the background. And you know, like we haven't gotten copper, we got the Nespresso machine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's been very, he went crazy during, he always goes crazy at the end of Kornheiser's cause he knows that's when I'm about to take him for a WALK. <laughs> but yeah, he was just sleeping on me when you called. So he's just kind of chilling on the couch. So we don't have any copper ambient sound today just yet. Um, you got right. anything to say chopper? What's going on, man? Um, uh, sorry, so here's my question. Derek Carr has a cap hit next year of $22.5 million. And he all oh, your tweet. You're stirring it up, huh? But that's not, it's not even a crazy idea. Like his, they can cut him and they save 17 or $15 million against a cap. Maybe 20 million if they, if they do. This thing is so loud. Dude, it's unbelievable I wanna, how loud stop, that is. Stop, stop with this cap and cash stuff. This, this guy's getting a 700. He's getting a stadium basically built for him for free. He's got people, other people who did the deal for him because he can't do the deal for himself. He decides he can pay a coach $10 million a year. Plus, I got news for you. The coach hires other coaches, and they're his boys, so he takes care of them. Paul Gunther isn't coaching that defense for $5 an hour. So, like, if there's money for all that, I don't want to hear about cap and cash. Like, they they should not. It's this is about Gruden going there and making Derek Carr a good quarterback, like getting him back on track because he's been a very good quarterback at times in the past. Like this idea that oh he doesn't have as much cash as these other owners. The minority owners do. Like there aren't there, nobody is cash poor in the NFL. Like these myths get propagated. Like just go look at the Green Bay Packers. Right, it's the only team who's portal we get into what actually goes on there go look at their earnings reports every year like no you can sign these guys like you absolutely positively can sign them like you've got land deals out the wazoo and this for free and that for free and then they're going to build them a free practice facility in reno you can reinvest in your product i mean look what the okay look what the minnesota vikings did and I credit them. They got the free stadium. They got the Super Bowl. And we know Gruden's going to get a Super Bowl. And how much money will that mean for him? I mean, Gruden. Davis will get a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. They at least turned around and extended everybody. You know why? Because you can. <laughs> you can. Just takes a little bit of strategy and the ability to go cash over cap. You can do it, too. Everybody can do it. Jerry Jones used to do it for years. And then he's like, well, if I'm only going to go 8-8 eight eight every year, I might as well do it with a bottom five payroll instead of a top five. But, like, and that just puts more money in his pocket. It's not like that money disappears, but it can be done. If they want to get rid of Derek Carr or trade him because they think there's a better quarterback in the draft, well, that's my point. Sell me that, but don't sell me he makes too much money because, based on if he's a if you can make him a half decent quarterback, compared to what Glennon gets and Osweiler got and what Bradford just got and what Flacco makes and these other guys, like that's not. That's not untenable as a percentage of a, of, a, of a cap that's going to continue to go up as more money comes in for streaming rights and Internet rights. And once we have the official gambling house of the NFL, and Jerry's already done his deal with the casino, right? I mm-hmm. mean, Mark Davis is going to freaking Nevada. He's going to Vegas. Like, no, I don't want to hear that. 
Well, my argument isn't that he can't afford Derek Carr. My argument is that Derek Carr sucks. They're going to want to cut him and go draft somebody else. Well, I mean, if it's, if it's a pure football decision and you want to trade him, I think there'd be a trade market for him, even at that. I mean, again, like, I'm assuming he doesn't go out and throw uh, 16 times 3, what, 48 touchdowns, 48 interceptions this year? I did mean, you, I'm assuming he, did you, he did, doesn't do that. Did you? I, but, I, I'm assuming, I mean, did you stay up for that whole game? Did you watch the end of the I, I fell. I, I I didn't make it through the fourth quarter. Go like, watch. When the, I fell asleep when the Rams got up by more than a score because that that game was over. Go watch. Go yeah, watch. I go watch it. Go watch his last two picks. The the the, fir, the next to last. I pick. saw the last one on the highlights. I watched the highlights. This right, right, right. So the, I, I know what you're referencing. No, that's I the, think at that point you're you're chasing a game and you're trying to prove something and you're hoping you make a play to like impress your new coach. I mean. No, 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 no. I'm talking about go watch the one before that where he's, he, he sees ghosts, he feels ghost in the pocket and he steps up as if he's throwing the ball away and he like accidentally throws it to a Rams defender. It, it, it's really, it's really weird. Like it, it looks, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe he's, maybe he's, maybe he's better than I'm giving him credit for. And I'm not saying that the Raiders are definitely going to cut him after one game. That's, that's the king of overreactions, but it wouldn't be surprising to me if they went out and used one of their first two route, first Two first round picks. I don't you? know about this as a quarterback draft. It's obviously a ways away, but the people I talk to now, I don't hear anything close to the buzz about these, like, not remotely like what you were hearing a year ago at this time. Like, Will, I, Will Greer in Vegas with John Gruden signed me up. The West Virginia kid. He's a, he's like a. Oof. Yeah, no, I know who you're talking about. Uh, yeah. yeah. yeah uh, I mean, it might fail epically, but it might be fun to watch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it might. Yeah, it might. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know. Look, if he gets in there and he can't live with Mac or Carr, I think you've got massive problems. Yeah. No, I mean <laughs> that, that, that. Then I, I, I mean, like if you, if you're like, I can't pay. He doesn't fit our scheme. I can't pay him. That's too much money with, with you know, one of the three best pass rushers on the planet, and then. Yeah, we were going to draft a, a kid from West Virginia to replace this quarterback who did go to the playoffs here just a couple years ago and was an MVP candidate before he had a fluke injury. Then I, I'd say you got some issues. Yeah, you're right. All right, I've kept you too long. Go enjoy your Nespresso. Go hang out with Copper. Uh, take Enjoy your free time in the morning before your kids get home and, and the storm starts beating down on you. Jason Lockenfora, always a pleasure. We will get you back on if you're cool with it for uh, yep. the lock of the week later this week, man. It sounds good, my friend. Stay dry down there. Be safe. All right, cool. Talk to you later, buddy. All right, bud.